Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. I just realized that angsty teens aren't going to be able to go to Warp Tour this year. <laughs> that was actually, I feel like that was one of the first things I saw. It was like, Warp oh, really? Tour canceled. And I like <laughs> immediately sent it to a friend of mine who is in her 30s, but is like still very much identifies with her like, I love Blink-182 phase. I guess it's not a phase if she's still into sure. it. Sure. But, uh, I'm seeing MCR in uh, September if that's still happening. Oh, so. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so this is a, this is a good bit. Okay, we, sure. l- we'll jump. Like, Bill Graham is also here. <laughs> so now that we've gotten that out of the way, I need to say, uh, first of all, that was Movies by Alien Ant Farm, uh, because we're talking about a lot of different movies today. So, <clears throat> around the time that uh, the coronavirus started to hit the United States, a friend of mine from work, uh, Melissa, who I don't think listens to this show, she s- incepted me into getting TikTok. Oh. <laughs> and so, I've been looking at some TikToks, I guess is the way to put it. I am too oh, old no. to know for sure. And oh, one of no. Wait, where is this going? Oh there no! There is a there is a strange My Chemical Romance vein that runs through TikTok. Um, some of it is like they'll do these things where you superimpose no and don't know over the two sides of your screen, and then you physically step under which one when a song plays during like a mixtape kind of thing. But one of them is a lot of people just playing that first note from the uh, the the Black Parade song. You know what I'm talking about, right, just Michael? Just the piano, yeah, yeah, just the, the bing. yeah, the piano key, yeah, yeah. Um, like my first day on TikTok, I saw the same because you can use the same audio, and it's like uh that's like half the fun is like you take audio and you mix it with some weird pictures, or you play it and people can respond to it. And so the first one was this guy being like. Uh, it was, it started off with like Beethoven's fifth, I think, where it's like, dun, 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 dun. And then he's like, you know, but there's another, you know, melody that's even shorter. And it's just the opening to hit me baby one more time. So it's like, bum, bum, bum. And then he says, but I think there's a single note melody that's even more memorable. And then they just play the goddamn piano note from the opening of the My Chemical Romance song. And what people would do is when you're filming, you can play this audio so that people react to it. And you would they point the camera at their friends, play that. And you see their friends go like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's cute. I know that. And then the second the My Chemical Romance thing would start there, Jaws would fucking drop (laughs) and they'd look so excited. And I was just like, My Chemical Romance. I didn't think people fucking liked them that much. But here we are. Michael Snydell might see MCR. (laughs) By the yeah, way, for a, everyone who's not in the know, My Chemical Romance is MCR. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I almost also bought New Order and Pet Shop Boys to give a sense of my taste at the moment. So, you know, that we, re- we revert to what's comfortable in times of crisis. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, uh, we, we're going to do uh, a mini how we're all handling coronavirus update. Before we do that, the usual stuff up front. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Uh, give us a comment rating on iTunes. Email us, podcastthefilmstage.com. And, uh, of course, give to our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow for as little as $1 an episode. Uh, presently, we may be shifting that payment model in the future. You can get access to our Slack channel, first crack at all of our raffles and such. We are, in fact, giving away Blu-rays right now. So if you join, become a patron, and then reach out to us uh, via podcast thefilmstage.com, then uh, you... No. Yes. Yes. Podcast to thefilmstage.com. <laughs> Then uh, you can get a Blu-ray, which is great because we're all watching more movies now because we're all staying home. Uh, don't forget that we were also brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema. I know you can't see your friends while you're hanging out alone at home, but you can see a brand new foreign independent film every day with Mubi. Every day their curators introduce a new film. You have 30 days to watch it and then it disappears. So currently on Mubi, they are having... An Isabelle Hubert retrospective. It's called Three Sides of Isabelle Hubert. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) First in our series is Amateur. This is the first in our series exploring different sides of Isabelle Hubert's career. It is Hal Hartley's charming amateur. Hubert's performance, written specifically for her, evokes the pop art crime films of the French New Wave and is one of her finest contributions to English language cinema. The synopsis is as such... An ex-nun who writes pornographic short stories, sold already, honestly, (laughs) crosses paths with an amnesiac wandering the streets of New York City. When they set out to uncover his identity, they come face to face with his unsavory past, including a vengeful porno actress and a ruthless corporate assassin hot on their trail. A good amuse uh, boosh before the next uh, Verhoeven. Oh boy. So that sounds awesome. <laughs> Check it out. You can get a free 30 day uh, subscription to movie by going to mubi.com slash film stage. Again, that is mubi.com slash film stage. So that's that. Uh, let's uh, give like 10 minutes ish to uh, an update as to how a lot, how we're all doing. I'm sure that the people at home are deeply curious how the coronavirus Continues to affect our lives. Uh, so let us begin. I don't know. What's Bill? You were just talking before this about how you, your county's in like the second highest form of like responsible self lockdown possible. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you, they're they've basically uh, regulated that the only people that should be out and about are either essential service workers. So um, that's kind of a broad uh, range of people um, or going to one of those essential services. So if you're going to the grocery store or you're going to the hospital or going to some other kind of situation like that, right? Um, Those are the only people that are supposed to be out. Now, this is also very voluntary. They have yet to start actually enforcing it they have started to pull people over but i've heard i haven't heard of any directly of any people actually getting fined or anything like that um in in this reality though it's and even if if it's not uh even if we go to the next step which is what i was kind of joking about which is 
not not a joking situation, which is what Italy is under, where basically like you literally cannot leave your house on like a bicycle. Of course, you know, that's a little bit more of a common mode of transportation over in Italy versus here in America, depending on which city you live in. But yeah, you can't be leaving your house period. And you have to give a specific reason where you're going. Um, otherwise they will definitely pull you over and find you over in Italy. Um, that raises the question though, just say I'm going to the grocery store every single time. Sure. And it's like, okay, oh, look, they took a left instead of a right. Okay, I got to go pull them over, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> huh. So I don't I don't know how you enforce that as much as possible. But I mean, I guess maybe if that threat is there, hopefully that will deter some people. And, you know, I've definitely noticed um, – the last few, the last week or so since this has been uh, instituted, that there's definitely been a slowdown in just the general amount of traffic overall. But there's still like a lot of people driving around, and Same. it's it's to the point where I'm like, mm, I don't feel like a lot of y'all are probably out here for the right reasons. So, but the, the question is, where the hell are they going? Because a lot of the, uh, I guess, cool things to do are definitely shut down. So, like bars and restaurants and stuff like that. Like, you can't go to a movie theater. Top Golf is not open. Um, <laughs> you know, the gyms aren't open. So, I'm just, I, I guess people are just getting stirred crazy and just want to go to take a ride. But I don't Which know. Which makes it, sense to me, honestly. But I, I was feeling that too. Cause like I, so in Maryland, they're mulling a shutdown, but for essential businesses, obviously all the stuff that can be closed has been closed, but people can still go out. I still people like wandering the neighborhood. Luckily distilleries are considered essential businesses. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alcohol sale is definitely part of that. <laughs> yep. So, um, I have a letter that I can present to the cops should the shutdown happen saying that I'm part yeah. of an essential business. Yeah. I have that <clears throat> from Zillow as well. Yeah. And, um, it was funny. I, I went to uh, Costco the other day, uh, to get some groceries. They are really on top of this shit. They, they've created like barricades using pl uh, pallets to like make people go to the right place like they have all their carts outside and are constantly sanitizing them did and, you have to wait outside I, I haven't had to wait outside because i haven't the lines haven't been that long uh, i don't know if it's just the time so, i'm going or what but like sure i you know they had a they had a lot of stuff which is great because i went and i was like oh That's the good. sausages are back and i i got those <laughs> and i got a uh, pull-ups for my daughter and i got a bunch of other stuff the funny thing though is you know there's limits on some stuff Mm -hmm. And there's usually signs, but one of the, the ingredients uh, for hand sanitizer is hydrogen peroxide and they oh. had a pallet of the stuff. And so I got 30 bottles <laughs> and I walked to the front and they're like, oh, okay, you know, like here's some brownie mix, here's some sausages, here's some pasta, here's 30 hydrogen peroxides. And I was like, yes. And they said, we have a limit. And I said, what's the limit? And they like four. I was like, I need 30. And they're like, why do you need 30? <laughs> said, I'm making hand sanitizer. They're like, 
Yeah, well, they, like there was another guy who came in who said he was making hand sanitizer at the house, but we didn't give it to him. I'm like, no, no, I'm a part of a business. Did you have the documentation, Brian? I did not. And and they also, oh, they just no. couldn't do it. So like I, I bought the four and then I go back to the distillery where my friend and his his wife are. Sure. And I was like, look, I finally found some hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> the only problem is there's a limit. Sure. So you both have memberships to Costco. So now each of you has to go and buy four. And then tomorrow and then the next day we'll have to do the same thing. So Isn't I went a Breaking to- Bad episode where they each go to a different Walgreens to buy Sudafed for, for making a mess. That was the I, thing. I was like, do we know anyone that? else who has a Costco card? Like, can we get Smurfs yes. to go get our hydrogen peroxide? <laughs> it was funny because I went back today and I got my four bottles of hydrogen peroxide. And the woman who was at, on the line saw me and laughed and said, you're back. And I said, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if they had spray bottle tops, I would fucking hold that place up with a gun because you can't get those anymore in America. Jesus. Yeah. So that's the 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 mm. choke point that we thought would be the ethyl alcohol is actually uh, hydrogen peroxide and um, spray bottle tops. So we have found five thousand. Oh. So we were lucky to be able to buy those, but it's been tough. It's been hard to get some of the things that we need, uh, but luckily. Um, we, we were able to manufacture a bunch already. I actually got, so the Amazon distribution center, because Amazon is still delivering, um, they had no hand sanitizer and they Mm. ordered from us. And I actually got a very nice note from Instagram, uh, from a a woman who was a driver there who wanted to thank us for making hand sanitizer. So that made me feel good to know that I was making a difference. Yeah. Good. Michael, how's Chicago doing? (laughs) Are your pizzas still deep? (laughs) They're a little bit shallower. Have you spoken to your alderman about this? (laughs) Um, I I have nothing to say about gerrymandering today. But what I will say is I think they are starting to crack down. And um, to put on my tinfoil hat for a little while. Oh, yes. This is what Brian's been waiting for. Um, so last week they closed uh, the Lakeshore Path. So that was that was a long time coming, and that was very busy up until uh, when they closed at uh, 9 p.m. Uh, last so, week. So what is that? It's where people bike and walk, and it's just along the lake. Um, it's Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a scenic uh, route, but it's always busy so it's pretty strange to see it uh blocked off and uh there were cops there i I don't know if they're still stationed there um because i'm not that far from one of the entrances but uh what i'll say is that i think um again to kind of bolster my paranoia i'm very worried that people will see a couple nice days in a row (laughs) and get outside immediately and everything is just going to surge because we saw that like Chicago being its usual shitty self. We've had everything from snow to just like blankets of fog, just kind of uh, <laughs> going back and forth <laughs> between those for each individual day. Just a, a perfect mirror for all of our <laughs> feelings. And then it was one nice day. And so we went out because we had to get fucking toilet paper and <laughs> um, and like I, my my girlfriend and I like were outside and I swear to God, like we were like that, that corner's too congested. We can't go that way. It's 
so we were literally going back and forth across the street trying to avoid people as much as possible so and I, like <laughs> to be a nerd but like folks weren't social distancing <laughs> <laughs> i am um, so last night i i i had um i guess like a facetime drinks with a friend of mine sure. from work there's uh, happy facetimes right now so yeah we we like the, the way that this happened was we like we got invited to a work facetime like a facetime or i don't know teams meeting skype happy hour we were like god that sounds awful and then we were like but you know i drink with you and it was like great so let's do it and so <laughs> i who only ever use facetime to let my daughter see my my mother uh, so sure. she can chat with her grandmother. I'm sitting there like, how the fuck do you like? I gotta like, I gotta hold my phone this whole time. <laughs> it's like the future sucks. Why did we think video was a good thing to add to the phone call? Yeah, you need you need to have a, a laptop in front right. of you. Well, That's, so yeah. my friend uh, again, uh, Melissa was super smart. She had like, I don't know if she like FaceTimes a lot. But every time she would, like, go to get another drink, she, like, had a thing she could rest her phone on that somehow <laughs> kept her in frame. And meanwhile, I'm just sitting on my couch holding my phone. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing this wrong. <laughs> but she was saying that she went out for a run and, like, you know, obviously social distancing and everything. But she said she would pass, like, a family and they would all turn and face the woods while she walked by. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, there's like a couple things every now and then that make me feel like we're actually living in like the post-apocalyptic movie. <laughs> and that's one of them. <laughs> the yeah. concept of a jogger approaching a group of people and they all just give her their backs is really creepy. Uh, the other time I felt like I was actually living in a post-apocalypse was a um, actually at Costco. I had my four things of hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> And I was walking back to my car and there were a bunch of people arguing with the Costco employee who's like wearing a mask, telling them how to enter the queue. And I like have to walk by them. And then I walk by the giant poster that they have up that tells you what they have in stock and what they don't have in stock. Really? And then okay. walking past the the pavilion where the guys who are responsible for sanitizing the carts are standing. And I was just like, yeah, if this were a tracking shot, this would uh, be, <laughs> this would be children of men right now. <laughs> Where's the location scout at? <laughs> yeah, there was a part of it that was like, God, fuck, I wish I had like a, a better video camera, you know, because my camera takes video, but it's kind of shaky. It doesn't have in-body sure. stabilization. I was like, this would be the great time to just make a five minute short about the end of the world. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's nuts. I asked my friend because my friend who not uh, Arthur. So Arthur, who I work at the story with. He works at a hospital. He's an administrator at a hospital in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And as we were stirring the mash yesterday, uh, which is not a reference any of you will understand, but basically he and I standing over three steaming hot, boiling hot vats of mash that we're trying to get rid of because we just used it to distill the alcohol. We're stirring it with giant metal pipes. And we're talking about the hand sanitizer. And I say to him, like, it's hard for me to gauge. Like, is it still bad? Like, how bad is it? Like, what's... And he's he looked at me. He's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, I'm just a man. And, uh, you know, the week where they were like, uh, so this is canceled. This is canceled. Movies are broken. Like, you know, we're not... Like, that was an intense week. 
But now everything's shut down. Like everything that can be shut down pretty much is shut down. And until they tell me that they'll shoot me if I leave my house, it's the same for me. You know, like there's not, I don't have any method by which to gauge how bad it is. And he, being the guy who works at a hospital, ran me through the last three days of his hospital struggling to upgrade. And suddenly I felt very concerned. Yeah, there's there's definitely like a lot of things going on. Um, Dallas, I think, just got up to uh, I think it, the last count was somewhere around the 400 uh, count range in in terms of how many people have actually been uh, infected, confirmed infected with COVID-19. And no, you we know, don't say that on this podcast, Bill. <laughs> God damn it. I know. I know. Uh, the coronavirus. Um, Snydell syndrome. <laughs> Snydell syndrome. The, the Snydell cough. Um yeah. And so like, you know, hospital masks, uh, specifically the N95s and all this other shit is just like in like we are in Dallas. We are already feeling like maximum effect from that. And it hasn't even really fucking hit here. Like that's that's the scary thing is like it's not even that bad to the point where like people are still driving around. Like, you know, I live very close to a giant uh, lake that a lot of people traverse by bike and running. And I saw a ton of people out there. It was a beautiful day today. How do you run over a lake? Uh, it, it there you have a trail all around it. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and we also have a very famous like uh uptown trail called Katy Trail, and apparently today it was fucking crowded as hell. And it's just like, and most of those people have to drive there. Like like White Rock, I could probably run to White Rock Lake and then like traverse it. Katy Trail, like nobody nobody just walks to Katy trail. Everybody drives there. One does not simply the walk to Katy trail. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the, the, the Eagles will not drop you off at Mordor. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, like it, it was crowded today and it's just like, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, I just, I just don't get it. I, I don't know at what point people are going to start realizing like, this is really fucking serious. And like the, the biggest, the biggest thing is knowing your own more mortality and knowing that like it, a lot of the people that are out and about just doing dumb shit are people that probably will not have the ill effects of this virus. Right. And that's the unfortunate part about it is they don't understand what, the whole social distancing is supposed to achieve. They don't understand flatten the curve. They don't understand like all of these buzzwords that have sprung up, just kind of trying to make people realize like, no, it's not about you contracting it. It's about the 10 other people that you give it to who then give it to 10 more people. And then all of a sudden there's a thousand people from one person. And it's like, well, what did you do? Well, I chose to run at Katie Trail. It was a beautiful day. Fucking it's like worth well, it. Then go, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> go the fuck home, dude. Go run around your neighborhood. Don't go. Don't 
like look at a crowd of people and be like, you know what's really cool right now? Let me go run right in the middle of that crowd of people. Like that's <laughs> not a good idea. That's that's really dumb. So yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that shit. There I was a tweet the- I saw that of course I will not be able to find that was a um visual rundown of like what staying at home does and it was like one dot which then connected to like 10 dots and then like those 10 dots connected to the 10 other dots and it was like at the end a shit ton of dots and then it ran it again and it like started removing dots and it was like this person stayed home like this person did not go to the restaurant like Mm -hmm. this person stayed six fucking feet away from every other person Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it was a good way to kind of like uh, visualize that. Whatever, you know, it's a lot hard for a lot of people to understand exactly the stakes, I guess. Sure. My yeah. my local Trader Joe, so I, I shopped on Thursday to kind of pick up some groceries for Erica and I, and they they had it down. Like they were monitoring how many people were inside and every person that came out, they would allow one more person to go in. And so like it, you know, Trader Joe's aren't usually known for being very large stores, but they're, you know, decent size. And so, yeah, sure. it was, it was really weird walking around the place and like having like room to like run up and down an aisle if I wanted to. It's just like, <laughs> this is, this is interesting. And like all the cashier lanes, they had like little blue tape markers set down. So like stand behind here while someone's checking out and then here's another little X and it's just like, it's, it's the stupid stuff, but it's the smart stuff, right? It's like, it's like, let us break it down for you. So if we see you crowding up on somebody, we can be like, sir, step to the blue x we've marked it for you like you know what are you doing i said it earlier and it's true like the the thing that this reminds me of most is children of men Mm -hmm. because that that is a a movie where like everyone is aware of the badness that is going on but they are trying their damnedest to like live a normal life anyway and what you see are the little fringes so like i was on the highway at some point i don't even remember why because i haven't gone anywhere in a while um but so i was on the highway and oh because i had to drive to baltimore to pick up bottles and i'm coming back and there's a light up sign and it was literally like stay home like hashtag covid19 like do not go out covid19 and i was like yeah that's uh that's that's normal that's just what we've got now (laughs) it's the uh it's like it's like uh the the children of men like avoiding fertility tests is illegal (laughs) it's just like yeah it's just uh, a bit of color to help inform you of the world Mm-hmm. I think then, the other, yeah. I think the other thing too, uh, guys, is like, yeah, it's it's the scope that you're talking about, Bill. But I think it's also, you know, I I think what was what was weird about even at the beginning, and even people who were social distancing but were somewhat skeptical about it, and you know, were doing it because other people asked them to. Like, I, I think what's interesting now is, you know, for so long, it was focusing on the immunodeficient. It was focusing on older people. It was focusing on very young people. Like, it was focusing on demographics that weren't the majority of people. And I think now what you're seeing is just like, you know, I'm even seeing it on my Twitter feed. Like, people who I know, they're losing relatives. They're losing friends. And it's like slowly more and more this thing that sounded more 
uh, or sounded remote, like becomes much more real. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's the problem I'm having actually with my. I'm, I'm going to put my mom on blast here for a second. Take um, this, but, Mrs. Snydell. <laughs> the problem with my mom right now is that she is social distancing from people she doesn't know. She's not social distancing from mm. all of her friends. In yes. so she's in Florida and she's in retirement community. And so she spends a lot of time outside, spends a lot of time with um, her friends. And, you know, I mean, it's it's selfish, but it also like really it really bothers me because she, her rationale is constantly, you know, oh, but, you know, vitamin D is helping. And, <laughs> you know, and, and and yes, it is true. Well, maybe it's not true, but there are obviously theories that once this comes with warm weather, that this will, you know, affect uh, uh, sorry, COVID-19 in the same way it did, you know, the common flu or something like that. Right. Because flu uh, season is like it's cold outside. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, the I, I hope, mean, but like God only knows. Ex- exactly. So that's that's the weird thing is I feel like every time I talk to her, at least her time when she thinks about what she or sorry when she thinks about when this will be over, it keeps getting pushed back. But that was so how that's my mother good. was. Yeah, because like um. But like, did you have to like? Did you have to kind of goad her into it a little my, bit? My my brother and sister and I spent a uh, a good amount of time <laughs> convincing my mother not to fly to New York in like the end of March. Well, I guess it is mm-hmm. the end of March now, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. Um, because she's trying to sell her mother's house because my grandmother passed, and uh, we were like, "Hey, maybe not a great time." And this is like, I think the week that stuff started to happen and change. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so she pushed it back and now it has been pushed back again. But it was there was a lot of like, Ma, just stay home. Like <laughs> if you go like my plan had been to go up there and I, I told her I was like, if you go, uh, you know, God bless you. I'm not fucking going like I have a child. I don't feel like moving that far. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be bringing back. I, it's just easier sure. for me if I just stay in my damn house. And luckily <laughs> she didn't go. And she's one of those people who has a hard time understanding the impact of what's going on because she she is one of those people she used to work at a doctor's office she's like the flu kills thousands of people a year why are we freaking out over this one it's not even as bad presently as the flu and i'm like ma you know i don't know but everyone's freaking out and i'm in your damn house it's just so easy to not do anything yeah it it really is it's 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 so easy to just order order take out or you know for for it to come to you and like life these days is so easy because of technology and look like granted i say this from a very privileged position of being able to order from favor and having a phone that works and and internet and you know i you know i i get it right but for the vast majority of us, I would say here in America, at least, uh, it has become just stupid easy to just stay indoors. Um, so many of our jobs can be done from from inside. Like, th- there's there's just so much that we just do not need to actually leave our house for, except for you know exercise. Well, or that's the just, funny thing like, is that someone was people. someone was saying like I saw a poll that said like. Only 53% of people say that they've had to change their lives a lot for COVID-19. Like, isn't that, what are the other like 47% doing? I'm like, that 47% are me. 
They're the yeah. work from home single dads who didn't do shit to begin with. Like, I don't go to the movies mm-hmm. and I'm trying not to go out much. But like, if you were to look at my life four weeks ago mm-hmm, and look mm-hmm. at my life now, you'd say, oh, he's cooking a lot more. But other than that. Yeah, basically the same. Like, you know, some people, blessedly, in my case, it hasn't affected that much. Except yeah. I do miss going to the movie theaters. I'm sorry, Bill. Go ahead. Oh, no, damn no, it. No, I had no. the perfect segue. Bill, you, go ahead. You did. You did. You did. I, I was just going to say, I think I think the big thing is, is also realizing just like because you see your friends, like that's still not the point of this, you know? Um, yeah, it's not only I, people I, you I, trust. It's yeah. I, I I saw some some people, um, like in a driveway, in lawn chairs, like drinking beers and like chatting to each other, and like they posted a hashtag or something like hashtag social distancing, and I was like, your lawn chairs are within a distance that I don't think that counts, and I'm just like, I. I don't think this is the point. The point is not to sit in your driveway in lawn chairs and like have a bunch of friends over. That is not the point of this. (laughs) Like the point is to stay in your fucking house. And if you see somebody that, you know, greet them from six feet away, but do not just sit there for an hour talking to them. That's not the point. (laughs) You know, it's just like, if I can do a FaceTime drinks time, whatever mm-hmm. uh with with uh, my friend from work you all can do the same yeah if i can do it's... it anyone can it was awkward at first but i got <laughs> used to it yeah me, me and my friends uh uh erica's erica's really good friend uh they wanted to play some games and have like a game night a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about like when they were planning it blah 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 and so we ended up just playing uh heads up this like uh cell phone flip game where it has like trivia and Mm -hmm. we did that on the phone like we we all got on facetime and we just put the the phone up to the camera so everybody else could see it and had people like saying what what they thought it was and blah 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 but yeah i I mean it was just like these are some of our really good friends that we would normally spend you know several hours with and it was like right now probably not a good time to go hang out with them so let's make a workaround let's figure something out and so we all downloaded this game on our cell phone and made it work and it's i will it's yeah, I will say, uh, just back on the subject of the future sucks. When you're on a FaceTime call with someone, and you have to go do something else. Mm-hmm. There's like nothing more awkward than that. Like I was talking to her and suddenly I heard my daughter crying. I was like, oh, I hear my daughter. I got to you got to give me a second. And she was like, oh, OK. And then I was like, what the fuck do I do with the phone? Like, I can't I can't bring it up with me because then she's going to like see my daughter and then i was like i guess i'll put it down i'm like so she's just gonna stare at the fixtures on my ceiling you know (laughs) you should be able to give them a screensaver or something like it's just (laughs) i was like yeah maybe i flip it upside down and then she's just getting a very dark view of the fibers on my couch i was like there's not a button for this yeah no i I, I think video calls are terrible (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think I think that's definitely something that um, more and more people are starting to realize, especially with that uh, viral Zoom video. I think that that went went viral recently, where the lady just didn't realize that she was still on the phone, and then went to the toilet, and it was just like, oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> this is this is not what we want. This is. This is not appropriate. And there were like 20 people on that Zoom call or something. And nobody decided to uh, blur out her name. So her poor name is still there. It's just like, <laughs> oh, Christ. man. <laughs> I I think I think if I'm the moderator of that Zoom call, you just you, you just see what's off. happening and you just hit end call and just like, hey guys, we'll call everybody back here just a little bit. I'm gonna call Monica <laughs> and uh, let her know <laughs> she she did a big uh, a big no no. <laughs> um, so we've okay. we've clearly gone over ten minutes, but yes, that's fun, okay. fun talk anyway. Uh, let's. Uh, Pretend that Bill didn't ruin my perfect segue. <laughs> I missed the movies. Speaking of, there were there were there were before Bill became the branch on the sidewalk that ruined my segue. Um, yes. So uh, we are here today. We're going to talk about a bunch of movies that are available now on VOD. These are movies that uh, had been going to theaters or were in theaters and are now available. So some of these are the last movies that we ever saw in a theater. Not forever, but until this whole shit show is over. So let's uh, let's let's dive in. Like uh, let's uh, let's begin with Michael Snydell because you saw some smaller stuff. I did see some smaller stuff. Uh, so the two things I'm going to talk about today is uh, the Whistlers and Swallow. So Swallow is, uh, it's the second film from Carlo Mirabella Davis. And uh, it is about a uh, newly pregnant housewife who develops Pika. Um, are either of you guys familiar with Pika? I was not prior to this movie. It's the compulsion to eat things, right? Yeah. So it is the compulsion to eat things that are not typically. Oh, typically yeah. So I should say it's usually food. like nails and shit it's like not good yeah. stuff so so it's kind of it's no, kind I'm having of another a, brownie i guess i have pika no that's not <laughs> what it's like so it's kind of a psychological thriller uh about uh domesticity so it, and it's just kind of so she's newly pregnant and uh at, at being at home as kind of this uh, as the feeling this housewife who's feeling the walls closing in on them, um, they start uh, engaging in more and more dangerous forms of pika. So I don't necessarily want to <laughs> reveal any of the household objects that uh, get lodged in her stomach, but um, <laughs> I will say that it's a it's a uh, pretty interesting film um it, it the the cinematography actually by um by uh oh i had it right in front of me apologies uh caitlin arismendi is it, it's wonderful it, it's this sense of like it, it, there's these austere color uh, tones to it, but it's it's also then very fragmented. You have this wonderful central mansion that is has this great imposing quality. It kind of reminds me in a way of the the mansion in uh, our recent conversation about the Invisible Man. 
Um, <laughs> and it's because it's such a cold, isolated place. And as as things escalate, and I, I'll say very early on that uh, her Pika habit doesn't go unnoticed. <laughs> um like pretty early on things start escalating but um so i will i I won't spoil any of that stuff but i'll just say uh hayley bennett is the star of this and and she's kind of had a fascinating career because she started in uh, a pretty delightful movie called music and lyrics and she was a truly terrible uh pop star in that but as of recently she's kind of um really proven herself in a number of not great films that she's surprisingly very good in uh like the magnificent set uh, seven remake and girl on the train um and now swallow and she is she's fantastic in this honestly uh she and it's great because she has kind of this china doll demeanor that she's playing with and um you know like she has a great sense of being both this uh perfect stepford wife and being like very frenzied at the same time and unpredictable and so yeah this is i i I will say that some of the subjects that this broaches are a little bit um feminism 101 like there is a, a lot of um oh my god who's the the bell jar author guys um, sylvia plath thank you brian uh there's a lot of sylvia plath in here yeah that um, should have just been a question for brian <laughs> <laughs> how dare you ask bill that <laughs> like there, there is very much like bell jar that you know this goes back to yellow wallpaper but then you know it's a lot of common tenets to someone like you know Beauvoir and a lot of like I, I am not at all a scholar in feminism but this is stuff I learned in like uh like a first women's studies class so some of the stuff is a little bit overly familiar but I think it's really a very incredible uh, incredible narrative debut uh for Carlo and uh, finally, Dennis O'Hare is in it uh, as a small role, and uh, he just nearly steals the movie in, in one scene. So this is available on demand. And um, yeah, I, I recommend it. I, I, I think it's more of a calling card than really a movie that's going to stick with me all year. But like Haley Bennett's next project and this director are very much on my radar now. Awesome. Yeah, I really want to see that movie. I've got to I've got to find the time to check it out. And it's actually like pretty short it. too if I remember correctly. I think it's Ooh. like an hour and 30 <laughs> <laughs> an hour and 38 like an hour or 45 type thing uh, from what I remember. Awesome. Uh so Bill has only seen one movie. So I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in next uh since okay. I have two and then we'll yep. let Bill do his and then we'll just come right back around. Sure. So, I saw Onward the newest yeah. Pixar film, which you know, it's funny when when this movie was coming out, a lot of people were like, "Man, like was Disney really dropping the ball like with the marketing for Onward." I think that sometimes we forget that we are not the target audience for such films. <laughs> Abs, absolutely. <laughs> because the second someone said that, I would go to McDonald's and get my daughter of Happy Meal, and what's plastered all over the box, and what do I get a, a little toy of? But it's Onward. Um. So I was like, did your daughter to... know about it? I'm just curious. She does. So here's the funny thing is we don't have we we have television. I'm not going to be that asshole. 
we don't have sure. cable <laughs> and okay. i don't know but, how much she is like in the stage in her life where she's looking forward to things so she doesn't get advertisements for stuff and she doesn't have a concept of like things too far on the horizon um so i don't know if she had any conception of this movie i know that she loved the toys she got um <laughs> one of them was that the the dragon that's basically like their their dog oh yeah okay um, so anyway, onward. You may remember us talking about this during our On Yara episode uh, that Michael and I had. Um, this movie is about two elf brothers uh, living in a fantasy world that has long lost its fantasy elements. Uh, technology came along and made magic redundant, and also uh, highlighted how difficult it was. The one of the one of my favorite parts of the movie is actually the beginning of this uh, film, where they show like the D and D style like world that used to exist. And it was like magic was really hard to master. And so it shows someone like, you know, flinging fireballs around and everything and, and helping out the community. And then like their their ward, like learning to like barely light a candle. And then it shows uh, an, an inventor creating the light bulb. And the guy just almost automatically like throws down his staff and is like, fuck this. I'm just hanging out with the house with the electric lights now. <laughs> um and so it's it's a modernish, yeah, it's modern. They have cell phones. It's kind of got like a an eighties vibe to it, but it's about these brothers whose father passed away uh, while the youngest of them was actually still uh, in the womb, and they really want to see him and everything. They miss him a lot, you know. And on uh, his sixteenth birthday, the youngest brother is gifted a wizard staff uh, that he might be able to use to bring their dad back for a day. It goes wrong. They only bring back his legs, which <laughs> is legitimately terrifying. Um, and then they go on a quest to try to get another uh, Phoenix gem that will allow them to bring their father back. So it's got these cool D&D quest elements juxtaposed against like coming of age and also like a, a Brothers at Odds thing. It sort of reminded me in a good way of um, Sing Street. Mm, uh huh. Really? The, yeah, the younger brother and then like the kind of screw up older brother okay. who, yeah, it, 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 there's a lot of that I feel like in it. Um, the songs aren't as good because there are no songs in this movie, but I <laughs> loved the way that they adapted the fantasy setting and uh, kind of juxtaposed it against like a modern suburbia. Uh, they get a lot of good mileage out of that, but also it's it's a strangely touching movie. Like uh, one of the things that I was shocked about, and this isn't a spoiler of any way. I thought that the legs were just going to be like stupid slapstick bullshit in the background. They're able to rather effectively make the legs an emotional component in the film hmm. in ways that surprised me. So I was uh, I was excited to see them work in that. I think that it's it's not low tier Pixar. It's like a cut above mid-tier Pixar. It feels like one of those movies where maybe they should have taken like one more pass at the script. But in general, like it's still moving the the voice talents of I guess Disney just owns them now. Uh Tom <laughs> Holland and Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, it, it, it's it's probably very easy to say yes to like a million dollars or something like that. It's like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a weekend, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's this is a really good movie, and it's coming to uh what's I'm gonna call it? The Disney, Disney Plus. Plus uh next week. 
I think April you can already 3rd. rent it on, uh, on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that if you're at home with some kids or even if you're just at home and like uh, good animated films, this is this is the one for you. It's 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 really I was kind of I, I was kind of pissed when people were like, uh, like a mid tier Pixar dump early in the year before they get to soul the Academy Award winning moneymaker. Because if you recall, Michael, I was very excited about this movie based off the first trailer. And upon yeah. seeing it, I was like, you know, there are a shit ton of terrible children's films. I mean, let's not forget Trolls World Tour is out. Yeah. You know, like that's the type of stuff we should be shitting on. I was trying to forget. But <laughs> Pixar's Onward is a very, <laughs> a very fun uh, film. And I think I, I wonder how much of. So in, in this world, um, I guess like D&D is sort of like Axis and Allies is in this world. It's like a b- mm-hmm. big huh. nerd thing, but like it's based on history. <laughs> okay. Because it's all of their stuff. And so the older brother is <sighs> is the guy who's obsessed with that nonsense. And so he's got all the knowledge, but the uh, younger brother has all the power. It's got cool dynamics. It's got a tear-jerking ending, but uh one that I think it it earns pretty well. And um yeah, I just I, I think that if you are into the D&D life, I know that somehow that's become like a sexy thing that people do. Yeah. I, I know a few people who play D and D regularly. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. And like, I don't know, but anyway, so yeah, if you're into that, I think you will probably like this movie even more than I did because you might get jokes in it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit more out of that. Yeah. I think that there's a, th- but like I was able to keep up with it, even though I am, I'm not on that nerd shit. I'm on a whole bunch of different nerd shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I guess the thing about it, uh, I, one, I'm, I'm kind of I, I'm kind of done with Pratt and I, I mean less so Holland, but I'm kind of done with Pratt Stick a little bit. Like it, he he got kind of oversaturated for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, but like I I guess I'm just kind of uh, I I just am ha- having a real time heart. Uh, trying to muster enthusiasm for this one. Maybe it's just because like even it feels even more baldly, like it's relying on the missing, you know, missing parent dynamic, which is not something that Pixar doesn't knock out of the park, but there's just something about it this time that felt a little more stale than usual. And I, you know, I have heard it's moving, but I guess I'm just, I'm just wondering, I I mean, are we in familiar territory here? I don't okay, so as someone who has seen Finding Nemo twenty times in same. the last seven days. <laughs> okay, maybe not the Because days. I live with a three and a same, half. Same, same, Brian, same, same. Um <laughs> Bill, who does not have a child, somehow still the same. Uh okay, this is actually a cute personal story. I guess because in Finding Nemo, um they are clownfish and they look exactly alike. Sure. My daughter has begun to assign household objects that are different sizes the role of child and father <laughs> um for instance let's just run down some of the things that she's sure. done she has two toy trucks the to- the smallest one is the baby truck now going a little crazier binder clips okay. a, t- sure, sure. a tiny binder clip and a larger binder clip clearly there's a baby and a daddy wrenches both mm-hmm. crescent mm-hmm. and socket wrench mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rubber bands Gaskets. 
clamps. What what about forks. hydrogen peroxide bottles? They and, all come in the uh, same hand size. sanitizer. So those hand are all sanitizer. the same size. So that doesn't matter. Oh, but okay. here's the funny thing. This actually is, is kind of hilarious. She is slowly but surely driving my ex-wife insane because she has two of those Thai, not beanie baby, but like Thai stuffed animal like with the big eyes and the rainbow colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are exactly the same <laughs> she bought them independently on two different trips to the store where she was like so good that she was allowed to buy but she bought the same freaking cat but she knows <laughs> that one of them is the baby cat <laughs> and she will constantly say i need my rainbow cat and my ex will find a rainbow cat and bring it to her, and she'll say, no, not the daddy, the baby. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll, like, leave the room and come back with the same cat, hoping to pet, but no, there is a difference in my daughter's mind, and I I tested it. I don't know what it is, but she always picks the same cat. So, (sighs) yes. Uh, So I will say, all that to say, I, I am deeply aware of the missing parent thing and i actually think that onward does better with that by having the missing parent be a presence so they are not technically Mm. missing but also by really forming itself around the understanding and relationship of these two brothers and building towards that as its emotional catharsis rather than just seeing the dad again interesting indeed so so the the dad died before they were both born. So no, or, so or, the older brother was like three or four. He says he has okay. like three memories of dad. Okay, I just choked up a bit because I'm remembering a part in the movie where he remembers another memory. Um, and then the other one, he was still in the womb when dad died, so he never met him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would okay. say this is a this is a good movie. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, it's gonna be one of my top ten of the year by default because. <laughs> <laughs> No more movies are ever coming out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Movies that we never thought would come out but did. Bill Graham. My my uh, number ten of the year will be the trailer for. Uh, the, the <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so I saw the hunt. Uh, you're welcome, everybody. You're welcome, um, America. I, I I spent the twenty bucks. Yes, sir. Um, it, it's, it, I could still watch it again if I really, really wanted to, but I really do not. Um, it's about an hour and a half, so it's, uh, right up my alley and it's not very good. Um, I think the way that I'm going to describe this is as a budget version of Cabin in the Woods without as much fun. Um, that's what it kind of feels like. It feels like everybody's kind of in on the joke who is supposed to, who's not. There's, you know, actors and things like that inside the reality of the film, not, not in the film. Cause of course there's actors in the film. Um, but so how to describe this, that everybody doesn't already know, right? Um, I won't. How about that? Uh, If you know about this film, you know plenty to kind of go off of. If you don't know anything about that, um, maybe watch a trailer. I think think it does a good enough job. Um, A bunch of people are kidnapped that are 
I would say right wing and a bunch of left wing dum-dums try to kill them uh, for sport. Um, that takes some somewhat interesting twists, but most of the film just relies on Betty Gilpin, who is actually like a really, really good actress in Glow. I like her a lot from that series, but she is putting on a very odd accent throughout most of this film. She's apparently from Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. And I I just don't know what's going on with her character. She seems almost a little deranged, um, which, you know, is kind of fair waking up suddenly uh, in this location and given a bunch of ammunition and guns and uh, suddenly one of your group just gets its head blown off. Um, this film definitely like relies on some of that punch of violence to give it a little bit more of a, I would say like, isn't this fun guys kind of situation. And Is it a hard R bill. Oh yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, cursing and violence. Yes. Abound in this film. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, Given the fact that, uh, what was it? Was it Ready or Not? What? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. It was the hide yeah. and seek one, yeah. Yeah, that, that was like a lot of fun. And that also had like a lot of comical violence in it that like felt very pointed and felt very like, we're going to be hard R. But this one feels like it's just been neutered a little bit more than that. And it feels like the violence is the only thing that's left. And so like, like right from the outset, the first like five minutes are very, very violent and gory. And you're just like, and none of it's really all that fun. And you're just like, what is, and you know, it's, it's tough seeing a bunch of white people be a bunch of dicks. Like just just in general, um, succession not notwithstanding, um, <laughs> which is very entertaining, but that's also extremely like better written, I would say. Even though that like Damon Lindelof is like a a co writer on just this, along bizarre. with yeah, <laughs> along with Carlton Cuse, uh, so it it. Like I was just waiting for the polar bear to come out at some point and just be like, Hey, all right. Yeah. I know what's going on here. Y'all um, know me. Yeah. So I don't know. Like it, it's, it's just kind of disappointing. I understand why this, this film uh, was basically like put on the back burner when all of a sudden there was like controversy around it. Cause they were just like, yeah, this film's not very good anyways. So I don't know. Uh, save your money. It's, it's not that good. Uh, even like some of the hand-to-hand fighting towards the end, I I could do without it. It's uh, I still really want to see this movie, but everything I hear about it makes it sound not great. So yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's at. sad because like some of it is is a little entertaining. Like it, it definitely takes a right-hand turn uh, about twenty or thirty minutes into the film, and you're like, oh, where where is this going? And then quickly it makes like a u-turn and like undoes all that and you're just like a right hand turn and then a u-turn my god yes are yes. any of the lefties fun bill like as villains uh no <laughs> not really 
Yeah. Unfortunately. It's got some good actors. Like, isn't Dennis in it and uh, Hillary uh-huh. Swank and yeah, yeah Hillary, Hillary Swank, Dennis, Dennis from It's Always Sunny. I know exactly who he's talking about. Sorry, like, Glenn Dennis Howerton. Farina has yeah. been dead for years. Who is Dennis? <laughs> Glenn Howerton. Yes. But yeah, no, uh, it, it's uh, Hillary Swank is the big bad, and Betty Gilpin is like the the character you basically follow. Okay. So. Hmm. Kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I still want to watch it, but I'm, I've lowered my expectations. Um, <laughs> if you want, you can log in and watch my 48 hour rental. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Um, so what was I? What was I? What was I going to say? Um, we now it's uh, time for Michael Snydell to talk about another movie. Sure. Um, so the other movie I watched is one that uh, it's an indie that it seemed like it was going to open in a few cities and then expand, but, uh, because of good old, uh, coronavirus, it is now on demand. So it's through the Magnolia pictures. I, uh, just it's $12. I bought it on my phone and just, uh, screen mirrored it. And it was, it was a fine experience. Um, it's in 1080 and, you know, sound quality was good and everything. So onto the actual movie though. So it's called the whistlers and it's the latest film from a Romanian director, Corneliu, uh, Porimbro, who is not someone who I'm familiar with other than, um, a film from like 2016 or 2017 called the treasure, which I quite liked. He's kind of known, uh, like some of the Romanian new wave. He's a very dry deadpan director. So this one is about a corrupt cop who is really very much uh, playing both sides in this kind of crime thriller uh, that all revolves around a major drug deal. So the movie, it's kind of strange because it does have a lot of the beats you expect in in a crime thriller. But and like there's a lot of winking nods to things like Melville films and, you know, 60s and 70s crime movies, whether it's French New Wave stuff or um, oh, sorry, or like, you know, more solid genre films. Like there's literally footage of a, a John Wayne Western. And um, I think it's a I think it's a Melville film. But either way, this is a movie that is very much enamored with the idea of of thriller movies but what i'd say about it is it's like it's all over the place in in terms of structure and everything by design but it's not like hazy or anything like it's dead sober in in how it handles all this stuff and the title actually refers to a whistling language that the criminals use to uh contact each other Mm. um so there's so there's some cool ideas in here It's just it feels a little bit slight and there's kind of too many characters like like there's like chapter headings with each with each new character and there's double crosses and uh, triple crosses. But I think what's weird about it is it's not it's not like it's, you know, leading up to some grand climax or anything like it, it very much is about like from the beginning, this cop realizing that he needs to like untangle himself out of this with the least amount of damage, which is kind of a different like it's almost like a 
you know, like a backwards approach to the crime movie in that way. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, there were parts of it I really liked. I just didn't, I, I didn't totally feel like it, it came together. Um, it's a really well-made movie though. And there's, I, I think the one other thing that adds to it is there's very much um, a very like, deadpan paranoia to it like there's constantly like uh cutting to shots of people being on surveillance and like people pretending to you know cover a camera in the exact way that they're able to you know pass a a note and things like that so so there's a lot of like good like spy thriller intrigue but it's just it's all too jumbled and that's like the point, but it also it, it, it's not like clever. It's too clever for its own good at the end of the day. But um, if you're looking for kind of a, a different spin on the crime thriller and one that has like a, a very distinct um, kind of background in, in the case of uh, R- Romania here. Um, yeah, like I, I give it like a, a mild recommendation. Well, when Michael says a movie's too clever, that means I'll probably love it. So I'll have God. to check that out. I I think that, but this isn't like neat. Like it's very much uh, by one design. Of your words. Damn it! I know, but <laughs> it, but there's a reason why I used like untangled. Yeah. Like I very much feel like the movie is as it goes along, continually tries to make more sense. But, like, this is a world where things don't make sense. Like, it, it's very weird because it's almost like the uh, – like, I already used the word dead sober. Like, at certain times, I was thinking a little bit about Inherent Vice if it wasn't at all druggy. Like, this yeah. is a very uh, – yeah, it, it's very straightforward. It's, like, much more interested in, like, semantics than, uh, than like – you know, like traditional immediate gratification crime stuff, which makes it interesting, but just not quite enough for me. All right. Well, now that we've gotten through all those also rans, the time has come. <laughs> the best film of the year, future recipient, best picture, best director, best actor, best screenplay. It's the way back. You know, at this point, <laughs> we're finally fucking talking about it. How, how long you is have it? no choice in the matter, Michael. <laughs> That's fine. I think it's almost two hours, Bill. The way I back, or the way back. The way back is an hour and forty-eight minutes. Oh, oh Michael, Bill's on board. <laughs> so this is it. the movie that we've been talking about for months. Ever since I mentioned that I choked up at the trailer and Michael scoffed at me and uh, Dan Mecca came to my defense and said that, <laughs> yes, it did look like a very good movie. Anyway, this is the newest film by Gavin O'Connor, who directed Warrior, Miracle and uh, The Accountant. And Jane Got a Gun. I did not see that, but I look forward to it because I'm all about Westerns. Um here we go. This is the, uh, the story of uh, Ben Affleck, who plays Jack Cunningham, a former high school basketball star 
who in recent years has gone to seed uh, and is a drunken mess most days, uh, but he has offered the chance to host or host to coach his old high school's new basketball team, which is terrible. And uh, he takes it and he battles with his alcoholism and he tries to get these rugged misfits to work together as a team. And guys, this movie is fucking great. It's wonderful. I loved every second of it. I was so happy at the end. I think the thing that I like most is that it is a a sports redemption movie that gives like that underlines the lie of the sports redemption movie. Um, you know, it's not winning the big game. It's not doing all these other things. It it literally brings you up to the point where you're like, oh, is it just going to do that thing that all movies do? And instead, takes a hard. Bill already used right turn, so I'm going to say a hard left turn. <laughs> And goes in a different direction, uh, a direction that I found to be shocking and ultimately cathartic. And I'm very happy with what it did. Ben Affleck gives a great performance. And uh, honestly, I really like this movie and I'm glad that it's uh, on VOD and I get to watch it again so soon. Though I wish it hadn't taken a global pandemic to make that happen. Uh, Warrior is also on Hulu. Warrior is a great movie. I know that Michael said Warrior else disagree with me, but Warrior rules. Bill Graham, thank you so much. You know, if you've seen Warrior, you understand what I'm talking about with this movie and the way that its climax is a climax to the film, but not the film that you believed you were watching. Warrior mm-hmm. has like three different climactic battles. It gives you the kind of fights that you expect to see at the end of a movie at like the the three quarters mark and then spends the rest of the movie wrapping up the emotional story that you mm-hmm. like were aware that you were watching, but weren't aware was going to be so damn important. And uh, that final fight, it's not about the winner or the loser. It's about this broken family and if they could bring their pieces back together and become something greater than the sum of their parts. And this movie very similarly drags you right up to the point that they're about to like take state or or whatever it is. And instead underlines the truly important things that have been being neglected through the whole movie. Uh, but also the uh, lingering impact of one man who believes in his people. It's great. I loved it. Michael Snydell, please agree with me. Yeah, no, I, I, I do like this one. Um, I, I think that uh, Gavin O'Connor is someone I run uh, hot and cold on. I really, really didn't like Warrior. Like, I really Ooh. struggled through that one because I tried to watch it right before this. What, what I'll say about – I, I think um, – I, I really like what Je- what Brian said about underlining the the lie of the sports redemption story because I think that this movie is frankly a lot more interesting when it's about his alcoholism than it is about the basketball. Um, I, I think that the basketball stuff is working with a lot of stock characters and his coaching and uh, Affleck's coaching is is interesting because it's like really – it's really lived in. I kind of love like not only the way that he keeps getting, you know, chastised for swearing, but also like this really itchy like demeanor he has uh, as he's like obviously um, going into withdrawal. And, you know, there's, there's a real sense of, of stakes here that I really wasn't expecting. Um, you know, Affleck, it's it's so – I specifically wrote uh, wrote about this film because I got assigned it literally a week after complaining about it <laughs> uh, way the back. The sweetest. 
I only read about this. I, I only wrote about this at the beginning of March. I swear to God, I thought it was January. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this so, was like one of the last movies I saw before the world I, went to shit. I know. I know. I think it was same for, for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I like this. I like this movie and I think it's a really fascinating um, kind of climax to Ben Affleck's career of the last like 10 years. Um, like, you know, I think he's, oh, been, I, I was about to say like, what, what happened to Ben Affleck? Yeah. I mean, I feel like his sad sack, like, uh, you know, um, sorry, like public persona, like it almost overtook everything, mm-hmm. you know, like, like something like triple frontier. He's like, too much of a jaded mercenary <laughs> or like his Batman where like, you know, even when he's trying to do the smolder, like he seems at any moment, like he's just going to start to break out into songs <laughs> and, and then gone girl, which I still think is just a masterful uh, role. And I, I really think, um, yeah, just to kind of put a pin in it, I, I think Brian's, uh, Brian's absolutely right in the sense that I I really like how this doesn't surrender to the obvious things and very much like plays with uh, O'Connor knows his sports films yes. and, and like uh-huh. and I feel like one of the great uh, early things that gets it is like one of their first games they barely even show it and it just uh smash cuts to the score the that final. is a motif in this movie that i actually i, I really loved was like me too yeah especially that first time because they're like all right we're gonna go in there we're gonna make a good show and then it just jumps to the score superimposed on screen and they goddamn lost but I, a lot I, of the I, games yeah. are not shown and i i really i kind of like that but the parts that they do show i i don't know about I, i'm not usually a sports guy and basketball is one of my least favorite sports i find it to be quite uncompelling but this movie made it very compelling for me there was a point where a character takes the classic last second shot where it hangs in the air and it's a buzzer beater and i almost yeah. stood up in the theater like i don't know why i don't know how i, I saw it happening i was like Oh God! They're like I know what's gonna happen. He's gonna do it. He's gonna win because he believed in himself. And then it happened, and I was still like, "Yes!" <laughs> Shit. I think I said this on on Slack or something. But there was someone who on our personal Slack that you can join at any time um, by becoming a patron and, at Patreon.com/slash/TheWomenStageShow. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> um, there was someone who clapped after every time someone made a basket. Every single I basket. Feel that <laughs> they like. If I weren't so reserved, I legitimately almost stood up. I felt my legs move and I was like, no, 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 you got to hang back, man. Because that's the kid where he tells him like, you know, you're you're constantly passing other people. But like at the end of the day, like you're the guy I want taking the shot every time. Like if I had to put the ball in anyone's hand and then you see him and he does it. And I'm just like, yes, he did it. He's so good. I, I also I want to give a shout out to uh, the a couple supporting characters. I think his uh, his ex wife uh, Janina Gavankar, who I uh, who I knew from Blind Spotting. Um, I uh-huh. think she really underplays uh, in a really great way a role that could so easy get easily get histrionic. Mm-hmm. And Michaela Watkins is his sister who also just, you know, I think really threads this uh, great line between like 
just being, you know, the worrying sister and someone who like has seen someone's potential. Right. Like I, I, I really, I, she's I really fantastic do, in this. She like yeah. that, that whole first scene at the Thanksgiving and then afterwards. Yes. Just the way that the, like he explodes at her and the way that she kind of like doesn't react is so precisely the way that you are with a sibling who, you know what they do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's just so good. And the last the last scene, too, where I knew I was in good hands. Uh, I love the scene right before he accepts the job uh, uh, when he's drinking. Yeah, it's it's a montage of. Yeah, I guess it's a montage. It's been a while. Apologies. Yeah, it's a montage. I, it's a montage of him fill, finishing off uh, like a 30 rack. <sighs> and then just he keeps rehearsing this increasingly slurred phone call about how he's turning it down. And then it just smash cuts uh, to him never having the conversation, but him looking for clothes and looking for a tattered suit. And it's, it's a, I really think it nails this stuff. Uh, Brad, I'm not quite with you on the basketball stuff. I think the basketball stuff is kind of pretty, pretty dully shot um like it's just it it just it felt a little bit perfunctory and especially compared to you know like warrior which i didn't really like the editing in that but like he really tried for a style yeah with those fights and this is a lot more yeah sorry for me the the reason i think i liked the basketball is I, as a person who's not into sports, um, I sometimes find it very hard to understand what makes a play or what makes a um, just a moment in a sports movie. Like, you know, in a football sure. match, it's kind of easy because they have to reset and the guy's like, all right, you know, you're going to run to the side. I'm going to throw the ball to you and then you're going to catch it. And you're going to run into the end zone. And you can do a lot to like, you know, he's got to avoid the tackle. Maybe he gets hit as he's throwing, but the guy still catches it like. But basketball is sort of like hockey to me, where it's so fast mm-hmm. that everything sort of seems like it's an accident. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I This movie did a few times where they talk about the play that they're going to do. And as he's saying, like, all right, so you're going to, like, break and you're going to pass the ball to this guy who's going to take the pressure off of this guy and you're going to pass it. As he was explaining the play, they would actually do a, a cut forward to that actually happening. Um, so it helped me to just kind of ground myself in understanding not only the different styles of play, but also his kind of, I won't say genius, but his intelligence in assigning those plays and knowing which players to do. This is like, I didn't know that like you could be different types of teams of basketball. So when he's like, we're a pressure team, we chip away, we chip away. I was like, that totally makes sense. Like your whole goal is to just be able to outlast the other team and wear them down to the point that they can start making mistakes that you exploit. And I was like, no, this makes a lot of sense. I like this. I finally for fucking the first time in my life understand in a, in a real concrete way, not just the abstract, there must be some style like style and, uh, and uh thought process here, like that part of basketball. And so watching that, sure. I really, I really liked. And um, I'm almost sad. We're not doing a full review. Cause I think that again, the way this movie ends is is very interesting there is a tragedy in this character's background 
that is very obliquely referenced and never directly brought up until like the very end of the movie. And yeah. I found that to be a little strange at first until I realized that, like that's the whole point. Like it's it's not one of these movies where the guy's just constantly like, you know, this thing happened to me and that defines me as a character. Like it's a movie about avoidance and how you can't fight proxy battles with your own depression. Mm -hmm. even though that's seemingly what the movie is about for so long. Um, but it also still doesn't take away from the students that he teaches the lessons that he imparted to them. And it, I found it to be a very powerful ending. And I liked the fact that the movie is basically just a long, a long argument for almost like the, the benefit and the efficacy of, of like therapy and actually sure. confronting your issues head on, which is <laughs> not what you expect walking in. Yeah, like I, I'll say I was not expecting the third act of this. Like it is it is a very jarring from what comes before it. And I, I think it like it stalls the rhythm a little bit. But I also uh, like I'm impressed that that they're that they don't let his arc take a backseat in this movie. And I think that's really um, worthy of worthy of praise. Yeah. So, Bill, are you going to watch this movie? Mm, I might get around to it once it uh, <laughs> once it leaves. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to pay twenty bucks for it. I don't blame you. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I might I might give this a shot here soon. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would honestly, spend twenty it, bucks it, it on depends. it if you got to own it. You know, like I think sure. the, the rental well, I, is I, three yeah. days is a lot. I, I think yeah. I think that that might be the next step for you know. Let's go ahead and kind of transition to sure. like where where we'll probably be what we'll fucking do from here on out. Um, more than likely, we will not see a lot of these new releases i think a lot of hollywood is basically just like holding its breath and just being like you know what i spent uh, 250 million dollars on this movie i'm not going to release it for 20 bucks for you to rent for 48 hours that's not going to happen um so yeah i i think we'll see how many big releases uh kind of come out um sure. in this format but i think i like think Tenet, the real isn't that isn't that in the next couple months? It's in July. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. Okay. I think I think I might have already gotten pushed, if I'm not mistaken. But oh, I, mean, okay. I don't know. I don't know if they play their so, cards okay. right. Like if if we if we start to come out from the other side of this thing in the July area, and like mm -hmm. tenants the first wide release. Sure. The movie's gonna break two billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I could I could see it, I could see it doing well. It's like, um, oh, we can finally go outside again. And there's a Christopher Nolan movie in IMAX <laughs> playing. Oh shit. Yep. I will get real cozy with somebody. Um I will so, lick someone's eyeball if I can see that movie <laughs> in IMAX. I will let Christopher Nolan lick my eyeball. Yeah. Um I no, do that uh, any day. <laughs> Anyways, this is getting real locker real quick. Um, so I think I think the real kind of thread the needle is going to be for some of these companies to realize, like, you know, if people are going to spend that kind of money up front, I think they definitely want to own it. Um, I I want the option to 
give me $5 back from my rental if I end up not liking the movie so I don't actually have to keep it. Um, <laughs> I think that might be that might be nice. So maybe maybe let's make it a $30 rental with a $5 rebate uh kind of attached to it if you decide to buy it <laughs> That's no what, no so that, oh, to, see, I, to reject that you buy it so you so put a five dollar refundable deposit down and then fifteen dollars to watch the movie and it's like you're out that fifteen dollars but you still get the five back so you only so, so spent what, 15 instead of 20 if you didn't like it Yes. Yes. Exactly. See, yeah, I, but 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 I I think I think I think you need to add a little bit more so it'd be a twenty five dollar rental with a five dollar option to own after the rental period is done. So hmm. uh, you either get that five dollars back or you go ahead and go. You know what? I'll probably watch that again. Uh, you could keep my extra five dollars. Right? And so then it's thirty dollars. I always I always thought that it would be like. Why, why, when you bought a book, didn't it come with a code to download the ebook for like 50% off, you know? Cause like you basically just sold someone the same thing twice and the ebook has no yeah. intrinsic value. Like well, and, I understand it has what, to be formatted and everything, but it doesn't cost you anything to produce it. Mm-hmm. Like it that's does what the they book. did with records that, that, oh, that yeah, was actually that was something awesome. really sure. smart. That was something really smart that the record in- industry actually did was like, I would buy some vinyls here and there of yeah. like my favorite, my favorite album. And the vinyl would come with a digital download code. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh, fuck sweet. yes. Like, like I get the LP and then I also get to enjoy it in my car whenever the fuck I want. Like, Yes, thank you. That's the way to do business. And yeah, I don't, I don't understand why. I mean, to be frank, like now that's what a lot of these movies have done. But yeah, the books, the book thing. I think, I think there's just so much push and pull between people that love digital versions of books, like reading on their Kindle or whatever versus just the physical copy and i think there's there's just i i can't see the the i guess publishing houses really kind of seeing that eye to eye and trying to yeah trying trying to thread that needle because i mean basically i would just like I would buy that that physical version and like give it to Erica and then I would read it on my Kindle. Like that mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense to me, you know. But you can do that with a normal book anyway. Like 20 uh, people absolutely. can read the same book. It's yeah. um so like here's the thing. I think what I would love is is almost like so let's say I I rent the way back for 2 days for 20 bucks, right? And I watch it and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's great." What it should do almost immediately is pop up a little thing that says, hey, did you like that? Would you like to own it when it comes out? Pay $15 right now and it's yours. Like, not right now, but we'll, like, drop it into your cloud the day that it hits. You would yeah. pay 15 more for it. Like, like I, I, I guess I'm curious what the threshold is for you two. I just, in like, terms like of- the cost of a DVD or a Blu-ray is, like, 25 to 30 bucks or something. And if I just watched it, and they get their money up front immediately instead of me forgetting that I liked that movie and not knowing when it comes out on Blu-ray. Like that to me feels like a great idea. 
is like so get them coming out you know like a person says mm-hmm. like oh man i want to see that again immediately and then a little thing pops up and it's like hey uh we're gonna like you want to buy this right now like you want to just commit to this relationship i would do it i think that that's actually a, a smart idea that i just had that now i need to patent so so here's here's the deal right and mike i i saw your tweet thread and and you know you've you've commented in yeah. the channel about this and and stuff like that i mean i think if and 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 it sucks to put it in this kind of language but it's it's hard to get around it right if sure. you have a family or you are you know uh, uh tied to the hip to somebody i shall say um sure. <laughs> You know, going to the movies becomes very expensive very quickly or very quick, right? Um, So I think a lot of people spin that as a – I would say it's it's like a service almost. It's it's a night out. It's something where you can kind of kick back and relax um, depending on what you're seeing. and you know, enjoy your time, and you feel good because, like that, that money wasn't just for the movie itself. It was for the experience, the atmosphere, the food, the the beer, the popcorn, whatever, right? Um, and seeing it in this kind of community way, um, I think you have to lessen the price for it to make sense for a a single person to ever try and do this 48 hour rental, but also because you're not giving that experience. And so I think 20 bucks is relatively fair. Um, I just don't know how, how much of a threshold there is because, you know, if let's say uh, the James Bond film dropped next weekend and you asked me, how much I was willing to pay for it. Let's take away the option, right? Let's, let's live in our current reality where I cannot go to a theater to see that. Sure. How much would I be willing to pay? I don't know. $50 maybe. Oh, wow. I, you really like really? James Bond. I wouldn't give a I, shit. I, I, I like James Bond a lot. Well, so I, I do too. although, although I didn't, I didn't necessarily like the last two films very much. Although a lot of people really fucking love Skyfall. Skyfall's I thought that great. was a very, I, I thought it was a messy movie. You're an idiot. Um, but, uh, Spectre's yeah. a mess. Skyfall's like yeah. tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do need to rewatch Skyfall. Actually, I'll, I'll add that to my list. Uh, that movie it's is not two much. hours either. <laughs> um, but Wasn't yeah, no uh, time to die. Like four and a half hours or something. It's like two and a half. I think I, I don't I'm know. looking it up. Anyway, no time to die. Two um, hours and 43 minutes. Jesus Christ. Oh, Bill. It's, Infinity war. Infinity war. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I'd be willing to pay a, a decent amount to, to see that. Um, but I do think some of these, some of these movie companies are going to have to thread a, an interesting needle. And then, you know, off of what Brian was saying, like, let's say, right. You know, I think having it charge you later when the film actually releases makes sense. And to Brian's point, because like, I mean, how many times have we spent money to go to a theater 
And then we get done. And a couple of months later, that movie comes out and we're like, oh yeah, gotta have that. Right. So that, that money, you're not smashing those two, uh, those two receipts together and being like, how much did I fucking pay for this one movie? (laughs) Well, the thing is, you know, like the thing you, you might be willing to pay 50 bucks to see James Bond. I might be willing to pay like 10 bucks. And so I think $20 is a good price point to try to get both of us. Mm-hmm. because it's like you know maybe if i'm bored enough i'll be like well oh, the extra ten dollars fine why not like i'll just do it like I, you can push me a little bit higher but i will never go as high as fifty dollars to rent no time to die on my tv how about tenant how about tenant i would probably i don't even know if i would go 50 bucks for them because i'm still like if yeah. you told me that a ticket in the theater cost 50 bucks i might do that but like at home, like I just I'm with yeah. I'm with Bill sort of in in what he said. Like there's a fundamental experience that I'm missing, and yeah. the reason that I'll pay thirty bucks for a Blu-ray is because I get to keep that motherfucker forever. Mm-hmm. I don't get to do the same with a rental, and I don't get to do the same. Uh, and, and I'm not even getting to see it on the big screen. Like I don't even get the experience. I remember sitting in the movie theater to watch Interstellar. I remember the guy sitting to my right. I remember the shoes of the person sitting on my left because they were up on the thing and he argued with someone when that person sat in front of him. Anyway, and I remember that like that was a set that was a big experience. But like sitting in my house like, oh, I just finally put Cora down and now I'm going to, I don't know, eat some popcorn that I popped myself and watch this movie. And, oh, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm just going to pause it like it's just not the same. Like there's something about the the way that the movie theater affects me. That, uh, you know, even even something stupid like Kong Skull Island in a movie theater somehow becomes a memorable experience because sure. three old ladies behind me hailed me as a hero for telling a guy to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I just it's can't, I can't get those ladies in my house. We're socially distancing ourselves. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting because like. As as big of a TV as you can make it, as much of a, I think, I think personally, and and I've heard this kind of uh, played with a little bit here and there. I would like to see some of these forty eight hour rental periods start at a certain time, right? And you can choose when to start it, but it only plays for its runtime, and that's it. And so no pausing it, no, no, any of this other bullshit, like, oh, but see, it's that's good. the convenience that some people are paying for eliminated. And I, I don't I, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. But, but, but I think during these first run rental option periods, I think that would be kind of interesting where it's like, you know, um, I, I heard, you know, a, a pie in the sky kind of idea is everybody in like a central or let's yeah let's just go ahead and say central time zone right Mm -hmm. you rent the movie it plays at 7 p.m like an hbo type thing sure yeah and and so like all of a sudden what you're gonna have is a bunch of people at 9 9 15 tweeting about it and just like holy shit that was great and a watercolor experience in a way yeah like like see that's interesting to me but i don't know that social distance you but know. I don't know that people would be down to do that for something that they just paid money Same. for. I know? think it's like, interesting, but I don't know if I would do it. <laughs> it's super interesting. I, I but mean, like, that's, I mean, let's, that's let's, sort let's, of like what we do with like when Game of Thrones or Westworld is happening. Like that still sure. happens. But like I 
still relish the ability to pause if like last night i was on as i said i was on my facetime whatever you want to call it um (laughs) and i had to be like uh hey like i gotta put you down so you can stare at my ceiling for a second because my daughter's crying Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I would be fucking like if I were going to the movies, there would be a babysitter who I trust to handle that. But like if I'm sitting mm-hmm. in my living room, like that's my prerogative. I can't call sure. up Prudy and say, hey, my daughter's crying and I'm in the middle of a movie. Can you come over to check on her? For me? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think like let's let's say a five dollar window ticket. Or something like that, they could call it. And basically, it starts at this time, it ends at this time, period. And so, some people can can jump in and and take advantage of it. Some people are just not going to be able to kind of make that logistics work, right? Uh, if you're a night worker, that's not going to work. You know, what what whatever issues or hurdles you have, like it's it's not going to work for everybody. But I think it would. I don't know. I I think I think now is a good time for that kind of experimentation to happen. Uh, I just I just feel bad for uh, the thousands of people that are at the whim of these companies that are like, hey, let's experiment with this. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's going to take me like two weeks. And by the time I, I put it up and fucking like beta test it and put it out there, all this shit is going to be done and all that work is going to be wasted. It's just like, no. No, no, no. Let's not do that. Let's not like <laughs> sink, you know, 80 hours of my of my week into that. But I don't know. Like, I, I think I think now is definitely a time for experimentation for that kind of stuff. And uh, it, it's interesting because, you know, I've I've heard from other uh, people that I, I kind of listen to um, one one group they decided to just use their text thread as hey at 7 p.m we're gonna start this movie and we're all gonna watch it together on our own individual screens and the text thread is gonna be kind of us like talking to each other yeah so like you're all at a shared experience Mm -hmm. which is easy to do when it's a couple people it's harder to do when it's an entire time zone of the country Sure. Because imagine sure. how fucking furious everyone else is going to be. People would do that, I think, uh, when Game of Thrones is on. Because, like, East Coast, it's like, 9 o'clock, oh, baby, yeah. Game of Thrones time. And then everyone in oh, California I, I, is like, assholes, I'm in the middle of yeah. dinner. Big, big time on that with uh, with The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead actually announced, like, someone's death at a... at. Oh yeah, because like they have the Facebook. Talking Dead, so they're like, well, "Hey, no, no, join no, no, the no. Talking Dead to talk about like you know Tom dying," and everyone in California is like, "Hey, yes, hey yo, pretty, it pretty much." It, it, it was it was on like the Walking Dead's Facebook page where something went live before oh, like all God. the time zones had seen it. So I think <laughs> I think uh, Pacific time zone was the one that got spoiled, and there were a lot of people that were like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" The Walking Dead Facebook page. I can't even go on there. Like this is official. Like what the fuck are y'all doing? And it was just like, well. I I guess just everybody says don't be on social media if you don't want something you know that's live getting spoiled. So I guess the Walking Dead's Facebook page is also off limits. So yeah, that was a uh, that was a funky time for everybody. Where it's just like yeah, okay, I can. I, I remember someone got mad at me for saying 
like an episode of The Walking Dead was really sad. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I, I, I it, emotional spoilers. Is that is that some is that where I we're was at expecting now? it to be a laugh fucking riot, Bill? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, um, okay, I sorry. Something sad happens in The Walking Dead. And someone dies in The Walking Dead every fucking episode. Yeah, they've got a cast of 40 characters. They're all expendable. <laughs> and you don't give a shit about any of them. <laughs> I just watched like two or three seasons of that show when yeah, I gave up. Just, I was like, yeah. this is yeah. annoying to me. Well, I, I Bill, I, I think, I, I gotta be honest, I had never thought about this in, in a way like... I think it might be too much of an experiment for them to do, but I hadn't thought about the possibility that like the industry could actually capitalize on, you know, on everyone being there, you, you know, like n- not just in relation to, you know, a movie b- all being at the same time on a certain time zone or things like this, but this is such an unprecedented situation in terms of, you know, like centralizing people. Well, like, like, like or imagine if, if Disney really leveraged its, its potential and basically said at, on April 15th at 7 PM, we are going to play Black Widow on ABC live for. So and, weird. Okay. Yeah. And, and With commercials then? Uh, you would sell those commercials like they were Super Bowl spots. Yeah, like, absolutely. Right. You oh, you yeah. announce it. You announce it a couple of weeks ahead of time and just fucking put a, a fire sale on those commercial spots. And boom, like like I think I think a ton of people would watch. I think a ton of people would record it. I think a ton of people would just be like just enthused. Like like that would oh. that would be really fucking cool. It's never going to fucking happen because of the fact that people can record it in in HD and then just own it for the rest of and you know sure. probably easily strip that out of the recorder's DVR HD box thing and and put it on the internet so you know it would just basically be like Blu-ray quality but you know uh, those assholes you know being out of the equation, I think that would be a really fucking cool thing for them to do. Unfortunately, it's just, it's just one of those things that's probably just never going to happen. But no, I I think, I think there's a lot of potential for some of these companies to get really funky. And, and like I said, like, I think, I think maybe let's not say, everything has to start at like 7 PM, uh, you know, on a Thursday or whatever, sure. but like you get my, my other option is you get to choose your start time. So if you're like Cora is down, let's start this bad boy in 10 minutes. I'm going to go to the restroom and then boom, done. And again, it doesn't stop, right? You can't press press play. You can't do any of that. So it gives it, it makes you, do that kind of movie theater experience where basically if you're going to go to the restroom or going to go get something to eat, you're going to miss a, a portion of the movie. Like that's it. And, and it's really weird that, that that is actually what happens in movie theaters and nobody gives a fuck about that. <laughs> right. Like, like you, you paid $25. I never whatever. get up in the middle of a movie though. Like at a movie theater, okay. I just don't do it. Like there's no distractions. Yeah. You're locked in baby. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I, 
you must have an iron uh, uh, liver and, uh, and kidney. Yeah, bladder. I was about um, to say, are you just, is this a subtle reference to my past alcoholism? Because if so. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. So, if you can't, how do you go anywhere if you have to piss every hour and a half? It's a two hour fucking movie. How often well, do you urinate, Bill? Uh, it depends. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not trying to regulate what I eat and drink before I go see a movie. I don't do that either. People who well, are like talking about like I'm not going to drink for four hours before the Avengers. I was like, how do you get through life? What do you like? What is fucking wrong with you? I drive. I drove nine hours from Toronto to to to, to here, DC. I stopped once to go to the bathroom. No, that wouldn't fucking work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I do have like a strangely resilient platter and a strangely resilient liver because it I is. Think you're been... also just stubborn. <laughs> uh, that's true. I have my my Irish and my Italian just being like, oh, what you think you could tell me what to do? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> But but I mean it, it is interesting, right? Like we pay for this shared experience, and and when someone gets up to the restroom, it's just like ah fuck, I'm gonna miss five minutes of this fucking movie. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, will I ever see this movie again? Will that will I ever get those five minutes back? Probably not. <laughs> it's just like Bill's eh. getting existential over here. <laughs> will I ever see that five minutes again? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never know. People can tell me what happened, but I won't I won't actually know. <laughs> All right. So, well, I think we I are know. done. Yeah. Had an unexpected peek at the future of cinema going. Uh, we have come to no conclusions. No. We have come to no joint decisions of any kind. But we hope you have 20 bucks. That. Yeah. <laughs> 20 bucks. It's it's there. Uh there there was a tweet I saw once that was like um Twenty dollars is or no one dollar no what was it twenty dollars is like one adult dollar <laughs> and it was just like yeah, yeah. no that's yeah that's right everything is twenty dollars you just make that your base unit um, <laughs> yeah but also fuck off <laughs> <laughs> but I think about that sometimes because I'm like I'm gonna go to the grocery store and I think about it in terms of like multiples of 20 I'm like if I stay below 80 I'm good and it's like 76 and I'm like I did it I only spent four 20s <laughs> <laughs> okay so what are we doing now uh, let's tell the fine people where we can be found it's twitter.com slash the film state show facebook the uh, facebook.com slash the film state show what am I doing Twitter, we are at Film Stage Show. Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Don't forget to become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Show. You can join our Slack channel where we are currently doing... Oh, I'm not doing it. I am far too busy and important. Uh, this Slack watch thing where people are selecting a movie that you can watch and then we're all talking about it together at the same time. Slowly growing closer to the dynastic uh, oligarchical utopia that Bill was just laying out. <laughs> and um yeah again that's patreon.com slash film stage show as for uh the rest of the end matter which i'm having trouble remembering because we went strangely off into like an opening discussion roundtable thing at the end of all this movie.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial of movie we're currently they're having their retrospective on the work of isabelle hubert 
Again, we talked about uh, Amateur, which sounds like a real great time. They also have Gabrielle and um, another movie, Tip Top, from 2013. Yeah. After a six-year wait for his follow-up to the wonderfully eccentric Tender War One musical La France, director Serge Bozon returned in fine form with this burlesque detective film comedy, again, sold instantly, <laughs> starring oddball duo Isabelle Huppert and Sandrine Kibelain, investigating racial tensions in a small French town. How does that become a musical comedy, you ask? I have no idea. Watch to find out. That is the film of the day today. So if you sign up tonight, you have 30 days to watch. Again, that is mubi.com slash filmstage. We don't know what we're talking about next week. Uh, odds are it will be a normal single review. So you can look forward to that. We will tweet it out when we have made our decision. Um, don't forget that if you have any movies that you'd like us to talk about, uh, fan requests are getting triaged up front. If you are a patron, you are triaged even further. So yeah, if some, you're thinking about some classic episodes room, are brewing, guys. So. Yes. And it will be wonderful. Um, I also want to point out Blade Runner 2049, one minute longer than No Time to Die. And twice as bad. No, Blade Runner 2049 is great. Um, it's, it's, not. it's great. It's a great movie. It's not. Perfect movie. Um, Denny V is overrated. Denny V is not overrated. He is tragically underrated. $50. He's in no way underrated. That's insane. Here's how I think that he, I think that because i uh, all right oh, so critically and, and critically well rated but popularly <laughs> underrated Probably. um in a better world he would be up there and this is a terrible thing to wish on anyone but he would be up there in popularity with the popular culture as christopher nolan is which again is a monkey's paw curse because then you get like a real vocal shitty minority of your fans who are just mean to everyone yeah, who wants to be Christopher Nolan? Ugh. Like, you know, the money, the prestige, the success, you know, everyone wants to work with you, but also like a bunch of assholes on Twitter are going to defend you way too much. And you probably don't even know what Twitter is because you're Christopher Nolan and you wear a suit to work every day. Um, <laughs> love you, Chris. Uh, love you, Denny V. Uh, what's uh, Denny V has a movie coming out later this year, maybe. Dune. I don't look. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, just talking about like the whole bill, the uh, $50 thing. Um. I would pay 50 bucks to see Dune because Tim of Denny V. Chalamet is in it, though. Ah, you know, all right, 45. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also got Rebecca Ferguson. And Zendaya and Jason Momoa. Dave Batista, Oscar Isaac. Wait, nope, back up to 50. Oscar Isaac is yeah. in it. And Javier Bardem and Charlotte Rampling. Josh Brolin. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this movie is fucking stacked. It is. Wait, Josh, Josh Groban. Oh, man. Is he in it? No. no oh, I was about to like, say, that's weird enough to work. I'm down. Um, No, but so, like, that's a movie I don't, I've never read Dune. All I know about Dune is stuff about worms and spice having to flow. Um, That's about it. However, I would still pay 50 bucks to see it just because of Denny V in this cast. But I know many people who would not. Uh, so that's that. Uh, so can't wait to see if that comes out when it's supposed to. I think it was slated for like late December. So here's hoping. Um, other than that, uh, yeah, like Michael said, the next time we talk to you, we'll be doing a classic review of some kind. Look forward to that. 
Let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time. We will start with Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me working and then sitting my ass on the couch uh, on Twitter at CableBFG. And you can also find me uh, on the Slack channel, mixing it up, trying to trying to steer us towards a, a group watch of a movie that's about an hour and a half. Yes. <laughs> the Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I can't watch it this soon. Fine. All right, Michael Snydell. Well, I, I am also going to be like Bill and braver than the troops by sitting on my ass. Uh, <laughs> did I, you just say braver than the troops? I absolutely did. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. I give no fucks. All right. Um, <laughs> what, what am I doing? Oh, I am writing about the Netflix movie Coffee and Kareem this week, which will be out on Friday and stars. Hey, what do you know? Betty Gilpin, uh, Taraji P. Henson, and Ed Helms and So you're uh, telling me there's a movie called Coffee and Kareem and it doesn't involve Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? It does not. Damn. It's directed by the guy who did Stuber. You guys remember Stuber, right? I am aware of Stuber, <laughs> yes. Dave Batista, Kamel Nanjiani. Which Goon is kind of fun, actually. Um Oh Goon is a fun movie. I love Goon. Yeah. Uh, Scott, but, baby. Yeah, so I'll have a review of that on Wednesday at the spool, so look for that. All right. As for me, uh, give to my GoFundMe for uh, handing out hand sanitizer in my community. Uh, you can find that on all of my social media stuff or by going to schmidtspirits.com. And there's a link there. Um, my personal site, brianjrowan.com. And, uh, of course, everything that we write, all of these different podcasts, they are all available at thefilmstage.com. Um, they, they're doing, uh, hopefully we're going to be on it at some point. Cause that would be cool. They're doing a, um, cinephile game live thing on a uh, Facebook. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I watched it the other day. It was quite fun. DJ Mecca one shout out to DJ Mecca. DJ Mecca. Where, where, where? What was the most bizarre poll he had? That's a great question. I cannot remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, I was still like trying to follow the game, but I I saw that he won and I was like, yay! But I watched it. It was interesting. It was it was cool to see it happen. And uh, I hope that we all will be on it and I get to school all of you. Yeah, have me on. <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad to hear it. Okay, so that's it for today. Uh, again, we will have uh, a brand new episode for you next week and we hope to see you then. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Join us next week. 